Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Line of Vienna Street podcast. My name is Tom Jenkins, and I'm joined today by my glamorous assistants, Will Jones and James Jarvis. Today, for episode 138, we are yet again fortunate enough to bring you another special guest. Hot on the heels of Stu Holden, Riley Jaidi, Adam LaFondra, David Weeter, and Zach Clough. Today's guest is a former Wanderers Academy graduate who made 182 appearances for Bolton, scoring 13 times. He is Josh Vella, and according to the man himself, he loves Bolton Wanderers. Josh, thank you for speaking to us today. How have you been keeping during these crazy times? Yeah, it's been a weird one, hasn't it, really? Been, um, it's been all right, really. Got, got, I've got, not long had a ba- little baby, so that's been keeping me <laughs> occupied. My missus has got me running around doing housework and stuff like that, which is starting to get on my nerves a bit. Yeah, it's not the same as playing football, <laughs> is it? No, and then I've got a couple of dogs, so I'll take them out for a walk to get some space, really. All good, all good. Um, you're now back in England at uh, Shrewsbury Town, working under a former teammate of yours in Sam Ricketts. Uh, before the season was suspended, how had you been finding it? Yeah, it was really good. I signed in um, January, and um, but I had, a, I had a scan on my quad because I didn't know how bad it was injured, but I had a tear in my quad, so I was out for a over six or seven weeks and I've started to, well I played a few games and then, but I got sent off the last game so it's been, a, it's been a decent start to be fair two wins and a couple of losses so it's not too bad Yeah we, we've seen obviously Shrewsbury come to um, Bolton with Ricketts uh, yeah. earlier in the season and they, they were relatively impressive how have you sort of found the quality everyone sort of obviously looks at that game against Liverpool and saw how well they coped in that first leg there Yeah the quality's been really good to be fair so Oli Norburn, I don't know if you know him. Know of him? He's he's from Bolton. Yeah, traveling with him every day from from Bolton into Shrewsbury. So um, it's not too bad. The quality's been decent, though, really good. Yeah, no, this Norburn certainly seemed like a talented player. I think Will was talking about him when um, we saw them at the Mac run. He he certainly mm. seemed to impress. Um, the the move to um, Shrewsbury seemed to happen sort of strangely after you left Hibernia yeah. after only half a season. What? Why do you not think it worked out? Yeah. Um, many different reasons, really. It's, I just wanted a new challenge to go to a new league, so I tried up there and it started all right, really. And then obviously the manager got sacked, Heckingbottom, who took me up there, and it went a bit pear shaped after that, really. And mm-hmm. my missus was up and down, so I was most of the time I was on my own up there, so it was, I was pretty homesick at the time. And so I thought it was best to get back down to England and back at home with my family and stuff like that. Um, understandable. Hopefully, it'll, it'll all work out at, at Shrewsbury for you. So, going back now, right to the start of your time at Bolton, because obviously you were at the club for, from such a young age. Talk talk us through your uh, emotions at making your Premier League debut in 2012. Yeah, it was a good time of my well, good time to start my career. Really, um, well, it was. I brought my ankle in a reserve game in in that 2011-12 season. I got working my way back from that and then I got into um, the reserves, played a few games in the reserves and then Owen Coyle promoted me to the first team. Obviously, I didn't think I was going to get a chance to play in the Premier League at the time, but a few injuries happened and I got my way, worked my way in. I played yeah. a couple of games in the Premier League, which was obviously a great experience. We got relegated, but it was still a good experience on my behalf. But it was really good, yeah. How did, how did you find playing alongside sort of more experienced midfielders like Mark Davis, Nigel Rio Coca? Were they helpful for you to, as a young player? To be fair, Rio Coca was uh, very helpful. He was always on to me. He was always getting on to me in training and stuff like that. So he really helped me. And obviously, Sparky was a brilliant player and he was I was always close with Sparky at Bolton. And he was a good lad. Yeah, so I can't really talk about your early time at the club without mentioning... Um, there was talk around of a £1 million bid from Liverpool for you when you were 17 years old. How much truth is there to that? Yeah, that was that was true. They rejected a £1 million bid, but they didn't tell me until 
well, a year later when it, they already rejected it. So, wow, it's all, gone, <laughs> yeah, it's all gone past my head by then. So, yeah, that's what that, that was true. Yeah, that's that's odd that they they wouldn't tell you. Do you reckon it was would would it have turned your head had they made you aware of the interest? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I was only I was only seventeen, sixteen at the time, so I'm not sure it turned turned my head. But it would have been nice to know. But never mind, eh? <laughs> it's one of those things isn't it? <laughs> yeah. it's clearly used to some sort of misinformation from the club at least that prepared you for what happened later on down the line oh yeah Def- yeah definitely yeah yeah um so at the start to your, your bottom career was sort of stop start due, due to injuries um i remember there was sort of like a clamor um when we were down in the championship to get you into the side yeah. um under dougie friedman did you feel as though he wasn't really willing to give you a chance at that time um what it was when he when dougie first come in i was injured at the time because i did my knee at crawling league cup game so I was just getting fit on the way back and then I spoke to him a few times and he was like yeah I really want you to when you're back fit I want you to play I've seen you play you're in my plans so I thought oh uh, lovely so when I got back I played a cup played Everton in the FA Cup game Sunderland away FA Cup and I thought I'm going to get my chance and then it seemed to just just didn't just never really had faith in me to play me in consecutive games he just kept bringing me in and out of the games so it's a difficult one really yeah, we we said that he. Well, I think the word that he used to describe Freeman was weird. Basically, did did, did, you, did you have a good relationship with him, or do you not think it could be because of the way that he was? I think he was a. He was an odd fellow, to be fair. I thought <laughs> I thought he was anyway, <laughs> to say the least. Because um, I thought I was ready to play in the gate. I thought I was ready, but obviously he didn't. And he's, yeah, like I heard weeks once say his training was obviously boring. Well, like just mannequin work, and that that's true. It was mannequin work and stuff like that, and it wasn't wasn't great fun. No, well, obviously under Owen Corey he didn't really have an awful lot of tactical stuff so it's almost like going from one extreme to the other yeah definitely it was one extreme to the other like with, with Coyle it was like fun sessions on five-a-side stuff like that with Owen Coyle and Dougie Freeman that just totally changed it was a difficult one really but we had a good squad at the time we nearly went up the first time with him didn't we yeah we did to, but we missed out on the playoffs didn't we? Um, missed out on the playoffs last day how, how difficult was that for the, for the squad to sort of have that sort of carrot dangled in front of you and then taken away at the last minute? Yeah, it was strange because he picked a strange team, didn't I? I think if I can remember right. Yeah, Rob, Rob Paul was given his debut because I think I, I played the week before at Cardiff and we got a one-one draw. Mm. So I thought, oh, I'll have a chance of playing in this game, and then I was on the bench. But yeah, it was a weird, weird, weird time that one. Yeah, we played Rob Hall because Rob Hall didn't play and he played and brought him off after 25 minutes something like that it's a strange one Yeah I feel sorry for Rob and we've touched on this on former podcasts because he was almost made a scapegoat for that when he couldn't really have had any effect on yeah, like, just the not, overall result Yeah it was not not, not Rob Hall's fault at all just being thrown into a, game, a massive game like that Yeah very after strange he's, After he's not played any minutes really mm-hmm. leading up to that game How much did the uh, the loan spell at Notts County help you sort of come back and cement a first team place with Wanderers? Yeah, that was a good experience, to be fair, going to Notts County. I remember speaking to Dougie about, obviously, play, am I going to play towards the end of the season or shall I go on loan and get a few games under my belt? He was like, I want you to stay, but there's no guarantee you're playing any of these games. So I thought, you know what, I'll go out and play a few games at Notts County. So I played the remaining eight games at Notts, nine games at Notts County and we ended up staying up with them, like the great escape it was but, called with them, which was really good. I think that just defined... That defines Dougie, I think, as a manager, generally asking you to stay on the basis that, you know, he clearly wanted you there, but at the same time, he wasn't going to play you. It yeah, just seems like Dougie all over that. Yeah, he always give you false information, like he'd put in the paper, Josh is ready to play in the first team, and I want to give him his chance, and then he'd be telling you different things to your face, so it's a weird one, really. I think it was the same with Kevin Davis at the time as well, you know, promising it, well, 
telling the media one thing and then promising him another. It was just yeah, that was a weird one with Kevin Davis, wasn't it? To be fair, yeah. club legend like that, and it's just embarrassing really what he did to him. To be fair, yeah, we, we spoke to Kevin and he he again was sort of aghast at that, couldn't understand why it happened. I just think for the rest of the squad, the message that it sends out is that manager doesn't have respect for him. Then what kind of respect yeah. does he have for the rest of you? So I remember one night Kevin Davis messaged me saying, "Oh, do you think I've lead you astray?" And I was like. What are you talking about? You're a club captain. Why would you leave me astray? Leave me astray? And this is Dougie was saying to him, "Oh, I think you don't put um, a good thing out to the younger lads." And I was it's all the nonsense, really. It's very difficult to hear that because you know, obviously, from a Bolton fans' perspective, and a pl- person like yourself who's been at the club for a long time, Kevin Davis is sort of like you know put up there as the model pro to to kind of yeah, like, and it, yeah, just absolutely. cut your nose off to spite your face if you're Friedman to try and make him the um, sort of pariah there. Yeah, he was Kevin Davis, lovely man, obviously a great player as well. Obviously a club legend. You'd think he would have stayed on another year at the club because he was he was good enough to play still. Mm-hmm. And then obviously going the coaching role, I would have, I would have thought something like that. But obviously Dougie took that all away from him and let him leave and went to Preston, didn't he? Yeah, it's a dreadful shame the way that ended. Obviously coming back after the Notts County spell, I think it was up. It wasn't until Friedman who'd been sacked until you sort of made your first start in the championship that season. Yeah, I come back. To, I come back in pre-season. And then obviously Dougie, we went away to Sweden. I think, and I, I was I was in good shape, and I was thinking, you know, this is my time to break into the team. And he was saying, yeah, this is your time to break into the team, like he always used to say. Like <laughs> me, I, I used to be- I used to believe him. <laughs> and um, remember he put in the paper, oh, Vela's ready to ready to play, but he's still got Mido ahead of him, Mark Davis, Prattley. I was thinking, I'm losing a battle, I'm losing a battle here. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to win this battle with him. It just sounds like the boy you cried wolf with it, with you know, and keep telling you the same thing yeah. over and over that you're ready to do it. And I'm, when you said you used to believe him, I'm not surprised because I think at yeah. that age you you, you probably have to just na- take yeah. every chance you were given. And on the basis that he he was perhaps telling the truth one of the times, you just had to take his word, didn't you? Yeah, I was like 19, 20 at the time, so I was definitely ready to play. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I didn't play. And then to come to start, I think I had a little knee in, niggle in my knee injury at the start of the season, so I didn't play. And then. When I got eventually got back, I got ended up demoted to the reserves with Jamie Fulton, which wasn't the best of things. To yeah. be fair, um, was there any interest around that time? Because you were coming off the back of a um, fairly successful Notts County loan spell, so I thought that maybe someone would be in for you to give you a regular game time, even if it was just another loan spell. Yeah, I think I think it was another few loan spells that I could have gone on, but within I had a little knee knee injury so I couldn't really get out on there so I was out for a couple of months with that I think it was like a mess um, yeah it was just a, I had an operation on it just to sort of clean up my knee a little bit and then I come back and again he was saying you're going to play you're in my plans I remember I had a meeting with my dad with him one time and he was saying to my dad yeah when he gets back from his injury he's going to play and all this and then it just never materialised really it was a load of can't swear on this, but <laughs> don't worry. I'll load the I'll the rubbish. Of course you can. <laughs> very, very delicately put, Josh. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, that's right. Nice. Um, obviously, that that of course is when you started to make the break into the first team, but not necessarily the position that you were expecting. How, how did Neil Lennon break the news he was going to try and make you his right back? Oh yeah, that was a weird one as well. Um, obviously, we used to stay in hotels before home games of Lennon. It was a night game against Cardiff, and he pulled me in. We had training in the morning just to little cool down thing before the match tactics and he said oh pull me into office and I thought oh yeah I'm playing I'm going to play in midfield he went oh how do you feel about playing right back <laughs> I said you what <laughs> he said yeah I'm going to put you at right back tonight 
bloody hell. He said, then he said, don't worry, don't panic, you'll be all right. I said, all right, and I'll give it a good shot and then end up staying there for the remainder of the season. Did you not well, have There was absolutely no preparation uh, like in, in training the week before or anything like that. You were just completely thrown in at the deep end. Yeah, nothing. I had nothing. I had no information about it. I thought I'd be on the bench like I was a few couple of games. I was going to be starting in midfield. I'm just wondering but, where he could have pulled that from because I don't think I heard anything even of your uh, youth level playing in that sort of position or even out wide. No, to be fair, when we played a, re- we played a reserve game when Neil Lennon come in and he come and watch it, I think it was just against Stoke away and... The last thirty minutes, someone got sent off, so he put me right back, and I must have, I must have done all right. So then he must, he must have just got it from then. <laughs> put me on right back. That explains a lot now. <laughs> <laughs> thirty minutes of reserve football into championship football at right back. Well, it's not bad, I suppose. Your first three starts of that season were three-one win, three-nil win, and three-one win again. So you know you can't really complain yeah. too much about that. To be fair, it was all right. I got obviously sure that I started on the positioning and stuff like that because it was obviously. It was, New to me, but once I got the hang of it, I was all right. To be fair, I, I, I didn't mind it. Enjoy you get loads of the ball at the right back, so it was all, it was okay. It's one of those positions, isn't it, where you can sort of go one or two ways. You can all, almost either sit at the back and just stay there, or you can be one of those marauding right backs going forward, which with your sort of attacking yeah. tendencies may have suited you quite well. Yeah, got forward a lot, but obviously if it was against a fast player, I was knackered. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> my, position, my, position, my positioning was miles off it. It's interesting one. I think the one that sticks out for me is the three-one win against Wigan, which is one of the sort of more sort of higher spells of um, a high point. Sorry, of uh, Neil Lennon's time, and in, in that game, also you were playing right back up against Callum McManaman. Yeah, and I think it just it, it was so interesting how in the first half it's sort of like you're finding your feet, and then second half when we started to dominate the game, yeah. we just didn't, we didn't do an awful lot. I, th- I think it's, it's very good to see sort of as a young player growing into that position over the course of a match. Yeah, to be fair, because in the first couple of minutes, he did me a couple of times and um, nearly scored a couple of times, so I was pretty nervous, to be fair, after that. But once we got into the game, scored a couple of goals, I started to get a bit of confidence and then he didn't really have much then. I think that James McLean come on and he played against me on that side, so it wasn't too bad. I bet he enjoyed being able to have a dig at his ankles, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I put a big tackle in the corner at him because he's a right little nasty getting there. I'm glad you think. I'm glad you agree with us on that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone has any different James opinion on James McLean. I bet his yeah. own mother doesn't even like him that much. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those. I, it, it, what always strikes me as interesting about that first season with under Neil Lennon is the fact that there was such a good start and then it almost con- it seemed to continue for quite for quite some time and then for some reason or another, you know, results seemed to sort of fade in and out. We had a good, massive influx of good signings. You know, Zach Clough suddenly came in, Adam LaFondra came in. Did, did yeah. you think at one point that that team could have got to the playoffs? Yeah, when I, f- I really did that because when when I first broke through, went like ten games unbeaten. I think it was yeah. up to near Christmas time, and then obviously we signed Barry Bannon. Didn't we? We got Lafondra. Cluffy was coming into his own. I thought, well, yeah, we're gonna have a really good chance here. But then we had a, obviously Cluffy got injured. We started to get bad injuries, and then we just really. Sailed off really, and then but then towards the end we started getting another couple of good results. Yeah, it probably didn't help that we had to bring in like a, a, at least eight or nine different loan signings to fill the gaps, and then they just either didn't turn out well or kept getting injured themselves. Yeah, that was that's right. Yeah, because obviously we had a good obviously Bannon Bad, Bad Barry was a brilliant, a good, brilliant player. Yeah, Bad, yeah, Bannon worked out, but then we also had the likes of Giles Cork, Paddy McCarthy, yeah, yeah. Simeon Slavchev, <laughs> none of who really worked oh, out. Oh yeah, for us. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, yeah, they didn't work out, did they? Simeon Slamchev, I've never uh, the hell. I don't know where he is now. But he wasn't he wasn't the best. He wasn't, he wasn't the best of players. <laughs> on, on, honestly, that, that Josh, it would take us about an hour to go through all of those different signings because you got your Twardzik to this world. Um, oh yeah, 
God, who else, who's, the, who's the other one I'm forgetting? Rashinha. Rashinha. He had a great first he was game. Good. <laughs> oh yeah, we played Ipswich, didn't he? It was like yeah. bloody messy in that game. <laughs> and after that, then that was that's last he's last he's seen of him. I know. I don't know where Lennon was doing his scouting, but it, it's like he was playing a, a, a regen sim of football manager at times. Yeah, he would have been on football manager when he drunk him doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he'd have been doing. <laughs> oh, I mean, are, are there any good stories that you could share with us about Neil Lennon? He certainly comes across as quite a character, to put it mildly. Yeah. He's a he's a character, all right. Yeah, he was a good. He's, to be fair, he was a nice nice guy. But I've had a few rows with him a couple of times. We had one at Leeds away, mm. where I think he, he called me a dickhead, and I called him a dickhead back, and we went backwards, <laughs> and, <laughs> went backwards and forwards with each other. At least it wasn't uh, caught he, on camera like it was with Gaz. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We got. I think he had a few things with Gary as well. Well, the thing with Gary was the fact that he called him a Scottish prick, which is the wrong nationality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. And, um, um, I, mem- I remember getting off the coach at the end of the Leeds game, and then his assistant, Gary Park, said, oh, you'll be training with the 18s on Monday. I was like, oh, <laughs> bloody hell, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they just do it as a threat, just to try and like, r- motivate you again and just yeah. be like, right, oh, I'll prove him wrong. It might, yeah. it might be a, a good tactic in a way, but... Not I if think, he actually made you up. And made I think this. I think. I think this was close to when he got sat though. When he, yeah, it was because then I, I had a call off my agent on a Thursday night. He said, "Oh, you're back with the first team tomorrow. He wants you back involved." And it's just against Preston, I think it was. I think they lost two one, and after that he got sat on a Monday, I think. So that was the end of Neil Lennon. Yeah, that was obviously, of course, with all the the financial troubles. Yeah, that's, yeah. Start, that's when it started. Really, it's just one of those situations when obviously it's you kind kind of your club because you've been there for such a long time. And you know you're finally getting your chance, and then suddenly the, all this sort of like gets dropped on you without any any fault of your own. How, how difficult was it to deal with? Very difficult at the time because I've, I just bought an house at the time, and then the wages stopped, so it was a bit of a nightmare, really. God, obviously, what was it communicated properly to you that Eddie Davis had sort of just pulled his funding out? No, I remember it was before. I think it was before Brentford on a Monday night, mm-hmm. and then we was in a hotel, and then. Pratley just said, oh, has anyone been paid? Because no wages have gone into my bank. And so everyone was checking the bank. So now no, we've not been paid. So I went to the training ground to do a bit of tactics for the game. And Neil Lennon said, yeah, you've not been paid. We've just been told this morning, to be fair, so we couldn't do anything about it. And then just after that, it was a bit of a nightmare, wasn't it? For a well, few yeah, months. that's the thing, isn't it? You can't really expect anyone when they're not being paid to then suddenly you know, try and you know, rescue results on the pitch. Yeah. That's obviously when, when they started to sort of fall off a cliff. From your perspective, obviously, how were you close to going out the door? Did you think that there was time to sort of pack up and leave, given that everything seemed to be going wrong? To be fair, I was close to going to Cardiff in that in that, that January window. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember getting a call from agent saying, "Oh, Cardiff, I put in a bid, Bolton have accepted it, and you're going to go up there and have a look at a training ground that in the next couple of days." I was like, "Well, yeah." I just bought an house. That move that would have interested you at the time because I just bought a house, so I was like. And I just met my girlfriend, so I was like, bloody hell, this is a bit... And I was only 20, 21, I was, I was thinking, I was, well, I wasn't very confident about it, comfortable mm. about going there. But if Bolton got accepted a bid, then I'd have to go, I'd have to, if they want to get rid of me, I'd have to go. But then, I think we played Sheffield Wednesday on a night game, and then I seen some of that Eddie Davis has pulled the plug on the deal without me going, so he didn't want me to leave. So I it's interesting, because sometimes... You hear about like player refusal to to go to certain or, or to take up certain moves or whatever. But like you said, the, the club had just accepted the offer for you, and you you didn't really have a say in it. By the sounds of it, no, I just I didn't have a say. In it. And then I read on the paper that they've accepted a five hundred k bid or something like that. I was like, what the hell? Was it? We had a, I had a game that night, and I was like, what the hell? What's going on here? Mm. 
Uh, but that didn't help with your mentality going into that game, did it? No, it was, all that t- about, around that January time was all mental because it was on about Sparky leaving to go Chef Wednesday. Oh, Clough, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Cluffy going to Bristol. Yeah, he spoke to us about that. So I think it, it was like us three leaving and then and none of us none of us left in the end. So it was a weird one. <laughs> That's what I never understood, really. If we were such a massive dire straits and as, as it turned out later on, we, we genuinely were, why we weren't, you know, letting you boys go? Obviously, I know, I yeah. In hindsight, I'm pleased that it didn't happen, but it just seems strange from a fan's perspective that, you know, oh, we, we, we've got, we really need money, but we're not willing to sell our players. It's like a catch-22. Yeah, it was a strange one. I think I think they bid like three million for Cluffy, didn't they? So that would have been a lot of money to the club. Huge man. But I think he didn't want to leave anyway. I don't. I think he didn't want to leave. So, or his agent was asking for too much money for him, something like that. <laughs> you you, met, and, you uh, mentioned Zach. How, how impressed were you with him when he first came into the first team, or did you sort of always see that in him? I always seen it in him, but it was it's a bit. It was he was always small. One, so I never thought he'd have a. I never thought any manager would give him a chance. But he's always had the ability, like, because technically he's brilliant, isn't he? But mm-hmm. once Neil Lennon come in and give him his chance and his debut goal against Wigan when he dinked the keeper, that was a brilliant goal. And then he scored them two against Wolves. And I thought, I've got a player, I've got a 10 million player on there. It was, it was one of those things where he just sort of came out of nowhere and suddenly started to be the main man in the team. It was really, really you know, fantastic to watch from our perspective, especially with the other people coming through, like Rob Holding, Tom yeah. Walker, Oscar Threlkeld—all people I presume were your peers when you were in the youth team. Yeah, we had a good academy. We had a good academy squad coming through. To be fair, also I'm good mates with Joe Riley as well. He was in before me. The academy. Yeah. He I played remember. a couple. He played a couple of games in the first team. Tough at Stoke was was one of his sort of high points. Yeah, yeah, his debut at Stoke. Yeah, that was a when he got a standing ovation. That was a good game for him. Indeed, yeah. And, um, yeah, but we had a good academy to be fair. Obviously, me, Cluffy, and Holden—we're the ones, the main ones who come through. But obviously, other players have gone on to have decent careers as well. Mm. Was there anyone who you think sort of was lost in that, who should have got more of a chance? Andy Kelly—he was a good player. He ended up at United. That's not a lost one. <laughs> I know. I know. He ended up going to United in United under twenty ones, wasn't it? it? Was a that was a strange one as well. But he was—he was a really good player. Bad injuries. I don't know where he's at in a minute. I've not, I've not heard from him for a while, but. He was a really good player last night, I think, and then it was not not County. Not County, yeah. I don't know if yeah. he fell out of the game, like, but he was a good player. Mm-hmm. I remember. I, th- I think I think he might be playing at Alfreton or something like that. It's yeah. In the back of my mind, maybe. But no, like I said, I remember. Um, what was it Shepherd Wednesday game uh, where we won three one or something, and Liam Trotter scored that worldie. Oh yeah. And uh, I think Threlkel was playing in that game. Kellett played in that game, and I just remember that you know it was it was so nice to finally see youth players given a chance because while we've been in the Premier League I think you were sort of the one who broke that barrier because yeah. not many really got through yeah to be fair that's, just, that's when I was I was on loan at Notts County at that point and that's when Dougie said oh you'll get a chance but then he started giving everyone else a chance <laughs> well, well so, of course he gave Threlkeld a chance at right back but that's, that was your position that he had yeah. for you maybe <laughs> so he must have had something against me Dougie I'm afraid <laughs> I think he had it, something against all of you by the yeah yeah a very odd character yeah strange fellow yeah when um, obviously you'd scored a couple of goals in that 2015-16 relegation season but it wasn't until the league one yeah. season where you became a more regular scorer had that yeah. always been part of your game or did Phil Parkinson sort of do a lot to get it out of you um, I've always seen myself as a getting attacking player because in the youth teams I've always played number 10 or number 8 going forward but Lennon didn't see me as an attacking midfielder really he always seen me like a, a sitting player Mm-hmm. 
which I don't, I don't, I don't mind playing there. But I want to be getting more forward. And I don't think Parky seen me as an attacking player really until he just put me there one game. And he must have just, I just kept because I played well. He just kept me there, and I'm a decent finisher when I get in them positions. So he just kept me there. Yeah, the Oxford one proved that. If anything, is that one of your highlights? One of your favourite goals? Yeah, that was one of my favourite goals. That one, yeah, last with make it four two just to finish the game off. Wasn't it? That was a good goal. Yeah, there's also the link up play with Clough at Gillingham. That was a really good goal as well. Yeah, I'd probably say that's my favourite goal. And Cluffy backy healed it and I put it through the keeper's legs. That was a good goal. Yeah, I'd say that one. Yeah, how how much fun was it to sort of playing that trio behind Gaz of you, Zach, and Sammy Amiobi in that League One season? Yeah, really good. Me and me and Cluffy always linked up well, and then obviously Sammy coming in was a brilliant player and we linked up as well and then Medine was a target man who took all the beatings for us and set the ball to us and we scored the goals really so yeah it was a really, really good season that season Yeah, do you, do you think having a sort of target man up front helped to get the best out of you in terms of your goal output yeah definitely because I think Medine set up most of my goals to be fair I remember right, against Scunthorpe certainly yeah a lot of knockdowns with his chest and head and I just come on to things so yeah probably say yeah what I've always find interesting about that time, and Zach mentioned it as well, of course, he leaves at the end of January, Sammy leaves at the end of January, and that, yeah. sort of, that, that, that attacking setup that we had just leaves you and Gaz left. Phil Morace comes in, and the formation changes to accommodate him, given that he yeah. played so well. How, how did that change your role when we went to 3-5-2? Yeah, I come slightly deeper in a three. Well, I was still attacking, but in a, in a three midfield. It was, I think, Spearing sitting, and it was me, Prattley, and, yeah, me, Prattley, and Spearing. That's a strong midfield in League One. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Phil bombing up down the right. He was brilliant when he set up all the goals. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we had Alfie and Medina up front. Yeah, did you do expect Phil to come in and be as good as he was? To be fair, I never heard of him before he come in. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hear of him before he come in. But when he come in, he was technically really good. The crossing was bang on the money all the time. Yeah, I remember the Gillingham one, the Fleet, Fleetwood game, and all of those ones that you just seemed to be unplayable in that. And obviously, you, yeah. you reaped the rewards as well. Didn't you score in the Gillingham game? Yeah, he set, he set that one up. Yeah, he set that one up, Gillingham. Yeah. So, yeah, he was he was a really good plus point for us in January onwards. Yeah, I bet Spirit was quite a boost as well, having him sat behind you, clearing up as well. He, he, he just an absolute machine, wasn't he, in defensive midfield? Well, a little bulldog, Spear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, top player Spiro. Yeah, he's a good player. He's scored a couple of good goals that season as well, to be fair. But he was the one who broke everything up and then let us go and play. But he was a big player for us that season. It just seemed like that midfield three of you, of you practically and Spiro, just seemed to work so so naturally. And it, it, you know, it would have been good to, to for that to have gone on a little bit longer than it had done. But yeah, to be fair, I didn't. Spiro should have got another deal, shouldn't he? The championship when they got promoted, definitely. Yeah. It's one of the yeah. odd ones that was. Can you give any insight as to why that happened? Did he expect to be coming back? Um, because we went um, to Vegas in the summer for um, weeks. His thirtieth that season after we got promoted, mm-hmm. and he was confident that he was going to re-sign. And it just never really come about that he was going to re-sign. Everyone was shot really that he didn't re-sign. I didn't get it. It seemed strange given the his memory serves there wasn't an awful lot of recruitment for the midfield going into the championship season I think was he brought in Josh Cullen on loan yeah strange... that might have just been it yeah it was a strange one because Spearing was a certainty that he was going to get another deal at least another two year deal 100% because he had championship experience Premier League experience he would have been perfect but he never never come about yeah. at least Carl Henry ended up being an alright replacement but 
Yeah, I can imagine yeah, how that's yeah. a loss, especially considering how long he stayed at Bolton and how well he knew the club. Yeah, to be fair, I, was, I was gutted when Spiro didn't sign because obviously I'm close mates with him now still. Mm-hmm. But, it seems to be a fantastic camaraderie in that dressing room with, with you guys. It's sort of you, Weiss, um, yeah. Howard, Spearing, sort of like that group. That season, the League One going. season, the, the League One season, the team spirit was unbelievable. I think that's what got us through most games. Team spirit. Because Sheffield United obviously blew the league away, really, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And it was close second, but we were always confident that was going to get promoted because we had the experience in, in the squad and the quality in the squad that was always going to go up. But the yeah. team spirit was unbelievable that season. Do, do you think, you talk about the confidence in that team, do you think that it had as much of an effect as it was made in the media of having Gary Medine in the team? Because I don't think we won a game when he wasn't in, and when he was in, we always seemed to win. I know, yeah, it was a, that's a strange one as well, wasn't it? I know. He, he was a big plus point for us all, Medine, because he was... If we had a, because obviously everyone knows that we went long a lot of the time, and obviously he was a big part of going long because he was the target man and he's technically bringing down his chest. I don't think there was anyone better than him. And when he went out of the team, we just seemed to struggle really to get forward. And obviously we played with Alfie up front, but he's more of a ball down the side type of player. Mm-hmm. So, I can imagine get Medine getting a bit frustrated if he didn't get the service that he wanted as well. You know, he seemed not necessarily demanding, but I think. Knowing oh, yeah. that he was the kingpin at the time, I think he was well aware of that, and probably you know I like to get his own way with it. I imagine. Yeah, he'd tell you if you want getting the right service, my dear. <laughs> he wants he wants shy of telling anyone. Yeah, you can certainly tell that from his character, guys. Yeah. Well, another as you say that one of those players who, if you've got the right mix of people around him, it sort of helps everyone get a bit of a boost. I would have thought. Yeah, I think Parky was good for him. Parky sorted his head out. I think that second in the league one season. Mm. And he really stepped up to the mark and obviously got his goals and got all of his systems. That's basically what's got us promoted, really. Yeah, that, that Port Vale game is the one that I think stands out for everyone in terms of when we've, you know, we'd had the poor run after sort of almost guaranteeing promotion away at South End. And that Port Vale game is just the relief that you can see in all the oh, players' yeah. faces when Wheat scores. How, how special was that for you? Well, the art was a, one of the best moments. I thought we was going, obviously, I thought we was going up, didn't we? That yeah. day. Obviously, the Wheat score was brilliant, wasn't it? The celebrations and stuff like that. And then we could tell by the fans' reactions after it, you know, because uh, I think Fleetwood scored, didn't they, to make it? And then Gaz scored as well, and it just wasn't the same. It was just, it was just muted celebrations, wasn't it? Yeah. Which, but it was obviously, it's always good to go and put on the last day, isn't it, really? It made it a special day the last day of the season. Against I, I, I was going to say, did you prefer that, given that also you were involved in the, the, the Fondra goal with a really nice bit of skill that must have been yeah. nice on a personal level? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. Good. Should have gone, gone by myself, really, shouldn't I? But <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a few of the lads have said that um, when you sort of set Alfie up then, that they knew that as soon as he had it in front of him, it was already in. Yeah, he, he knew his goal because top finisher, isn't he? When he yeah. gets, gets in there, he's always going to score. Same every time. What were yeah. the celebrations like in the aftermath of that game? I imagine very, very entertaining for all involved. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Two-day bender straight after that. Mm-hmm. And then... Obviously, the club paid for us to go to Dubai for a few days, and that was another four days of binge drinking. (laughs) (laughs) I want to to ask you about that, though, because we said that um, Anderson's came out and said that that was going to be an all-expenses-paid trip, and apparently it sort of ended up coming out of your pockets more than you'd anticipated. Oh, yeah, it was the most expensive free trip ever. (laughs) (laughs) He said he's uh, paid. I think they paid for our hotel, and then after that, we had to pay for all the booze and stuff like that. Dubai, expensive place to go, really. Should have just gone to Magaluf somewhere like that, cheap as anything. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh dear, I dreaded to think what would have happened if you lot had went to Magaluf, Christ. Oh yeah, probably best going to Dubai where it's a bit more, you've got to behave. <laughs> Where's the fun in behaving? I know, yeah. Exactly. yeah. We wouldn't yeah. have invaded the pitch if, we were, if we'd behaved. I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the kind of thing you'd have got down, I don't know, maybe a forest green or something like that, where they'd have all politely clapped at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair that promotion, I didn't get off the pitch for about an hour after that. So was just, the fans were just trying to take my shorts off and everything. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get off the pitch. Uh, there's friendly and then there's that, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> my word. Uh, I did it sort of, I imagine obviously, I know it was you, Weeks and maybe Alfie was sort of like left out on the pitch being dragged in by the, by the fans. Did you sort of feel as though that summed up how much of a good relationship you had with them at the time? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because obviously that season they took to everyone because we was winning games all the time and just great season. So they took to everyone. So I always had a good relationship with the Bolton fans. Obviously there's always a minor few who say you're rubbish or whatever they always say, but that's it. in the corner. Yeah, always, <laughs> always had a good relationship. Always good fans. They always back you. If you're working hard, they'll always back you, and that's all you can do. Work, work your balls off, really. Absolutely. D- did you feel your role changed the following season as we sort of tried to be more conservative? I know the style, as you say, was more long ball up to Gaz anyway, but yeah. it seemed to be a very defensive setup in the championship. Yeah, I got injured the first game. I broke my ankle in the first game, so I, missed, I remember. Yeah, that was really, I missed really the, Yeah, I missed the about 15 games, then I. We didn't win, did we? For about, I don't think we won. We won for about ten games. We went on a um, losing streak. Never mind. We're not score. We couldn't score. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, championship, League One championship is obviously a big level. It's a big jump in level. Obviously, the strikers and stuff. But people pay like fifteen million for strikers, don't they? Championship. Mm. Obviously, we didn't. We couldn't pay any money for anyone really. So we just stuck with what we had. Well, obviously, we stayed up that season, which was great. But obviously, what. A, make it more comfortable than what we did. During those times, given that, it, as you say, you were out, um, people were struggling, and as you say, you know, you have a good relationship with the fans, but when things are going bad, it starts to turn. Did, from your, from a player's perspective, is, is it difficult to sort of keep your head in those instances when you, you, you know that A, things are going on behind the scenes, B, you're trying, that when, when there's criticism coming your way, how difficult is it to deal with? Yeah, it's difficult. It's always difficult when criticism's coming your way, but you've got to keep focused and try and get that next win when possible. Mm-hmm. But we had a good, we had a, like I say, we had a good set of lads, and we all kept remain focused. Obviously, there was talk about the manager leaving Parky, but obviously they kept faith with him. And then when I come back, luckily we started winning a few games and like moving up the table a bit. Yeah, it certainly seemed to me going into the, I think it was up to the Aston Villa game, and that was where it sort of peaked for me because I thought, right, we've got won that game. It's a big team. Surely now we're going to go on yeah. and relatively comfortably. Afterwards, do you think there was any kind of complacency that went in there? Yeah, they, they definitely, because oh, everyone thought we were safe after that Villa game, but then we had an international break, I think, after that. Mm-hmm. And then we come back and then we just started losing games. And then, obviously, we got brought back into the relegation battle and, obviously, everyone knows what happened after that. I was going to say, yeah, from from the, the sort of the struggles of the Burton game when all the fans were on your back and all of those things to so then go to the, the highs of the Knott's Forest match. But before that game, what was the sort of feeling amongst the camp? Were you confident that you could get something there to be able to keep us up? To be fair, the Burton game was a real low point, wasn't it, in the season? Because if we would have went there and won, we would have relegated them. Yeah. Well, was, I didn't play. I was on the but Me and Weeks were on the bench that game, I think. 
It was a very odd team selection. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that because I never really understood. I think Flanagan was was playing um, um, Andrew Taylor, and then I think Wilbraham maybe didn't start, but certainly Alfie yeah. wasn't given like a free roll or whatever. It seemed an odd selection. Yeah, I, I thought that time was an odd selection for a game where you, if you win, you relegate the team, but it went a bit defensive. Mm. It's weird. Mm. I had a bit of a personal experience, like with, with, with find out about that lineup and whatever, because I I was at uni at the time and I come up from from the south that day. Yeah, I got on the train at uh, at Euston, and Ken and Lee stepped on, and I ended up getting quite innocently just talking about the game and how confident they were and stuff. And yeah. they started giving me tips about who was playing, and I was like, hang <laughs> about, he's picking the team here. Yeah. <laughs> It's like eleven o'clock in the morning and they're already telling me the team. I'm like, you know, yeah. it's a bit bit interesting as to as to why that's going on and and you know de- deciding who's playing and who's not. It's yeah, in such a decisive game as well, it's a bit interesting. But yeah. from your perspective, Josh, did you think that they sort of had quite an influence on team selection? Um, maybe the last couple of games that we needed to, maybe the last game maybe uh, there was all the news that he was, Dave was going to pick the team what they was going to go over the attacking team and stuff like that so maybe yeah, they had a bit of influence on the last couple of games not too sure but yeah. were you shocked to see Albie start? yeah really well yeah because he's not played not played much all season had he? So, no. and obviously Alfie's the main goal scorer and he's the one who's scored your goals so it's a bit of a shock it's a bit of a shock yeah Obviously, he delivered the goods, didn't he, on the day? So he could have had about seven. Yeah, he should, have, he should have scored three before he scored that one, shouldn't he? But <laughs> forget about them ones. Yeah, go go on then. You're, you're two one down against Notts Forest. You, you think you're dead and buried. Where's oh, yeah. your head at at that point? I remember saying to Weeks, bloody hell, what's going on here? Because we after being one nil up, thought bloody hell, we're gonna have the massive party after this. <laughs> <laughs> and then went and conceded two in five minutes or whatever it was, and then. And then Wheat scored, and then obviously the Ado, and then the emotions through that game was unbelievable, really. Uh, I think there's a brilliant image if you watch it back, where well maybe the replay or whatever that they did the full ninety minutes a couple of weeks ago, where yeah. at the end there's you sort of with arms in the air because yeah. as relieved a man I've ever seen in my life. And then Carl Henry stood to your right with his hands on his knees, looking absolutely knackered. <laughs> yeah. I think the Fonder had just dropped to his knees as well. It was like it was yeah. pure relief. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Honestly, I, I think that was probably the, better than being promoted, to be fair. The feeling, just pure that like we were staying in the championship for another season and obviously the people was getting extra years on the contracts and stuff like that. Mm. I was going to say, did you sort of, do you think the reason why there was just that massive push to get us um, back in front after we've been 2-1 down is because suddenly people have thought, you know, sod this, I need to, you know, secure my own future and I'm going to do it. Yeah, 100 must have been, yeah, because mm. obviously weeks went up front. <laughs> So he, he had another year on it. If he stayed up, he had another year on his deal. So he went up front trying to score. So obviously he did score. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Albie scored, but Albie didn't get another year, unfortunately, for him. Yeah. Do, did you think that the way that um, Phil handled those situations in the aftermath of the game, because Albie didn't get a new contract, Phil didn't get a new contract, it seemed yeah. as though there was a bit of... Was, was that when you realised there was something going on behind the scenes that wasn't quite right? Yeah, it was a bit strange. So I remember seeing Albie in a traffic centre of a few weeks after that and he said he's met Parkinson and Parkinson said oh there's no deal anymore like he was going to give him a deal but we can't give you a deal with the money situation something like that and that's when I thought mm, something's, something's not right here bit strange did, did, but, did all of that culminate into to the pre-season strike at, um, at the uh, St Mirren? Yeah because um, the post we got staying up bonuses whatever it was and obviously Ken didn't pay us did it so we all spent, we're not playing the game then 
So, that was so I was going to say, let, let let Josh have his moment after the after the Forest game. I, I, <laughs> after those celebrations on the pitch, do you remember anything after that? Um, <laughs> not not much. <laughs> I remember we went straight to uh, Fanny's in Bolton. Yeah. Um, that was a good. T- we had a good party in there. Then we went into Manchester, and then me and Weeks carried the party on the next day in near my house, and then went into Bolton. It carried on the next day, and the next day, and yeah. the next. <laughs> then, then Weeks carried on for two weeks, and I had a little break. <laughs> See, he disputes that, Josh. You're dubbing him in a little bit there. He, yeah, he was like, home by midnight and all of that. Ignore what he ignore what he says. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're obviously very, very good mates, you and Weeks. How helpful has he been sort of as a more experienced figure in your career? Yeah, he's a top lad, Weeks. And um, since I broke into the team, obviously we've been close. So, yeah, he's been a massive part of me being at Bolton, really. Mm. Always been close with him. Well, I'd, I'd had nights out with each other. And then um, we've had some good times on the pitch as well with Bolton, to be fair. Uh, definitely. Like I say, it's it always seemed to be you two sort of like thick as thieves, especially in the aftermath on that Instagram live that, that Weeks did. Yeah, it's always me and him getting into trouble, isn't it, really? <laughs> it's what we're we're the same without it. That's what, yeah. I'm Josh Fair and I love Bolton Wanderers. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had about 25 vodka lemonades before that. <laughs> <laughs> All I would say to that, Josh, is I'm absolutely amazed that you were able to speak after that. So very well done to you. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you were just having pints bought for you and drinks left, right, and centre that night. Though I bet it was the cheapest bar time you've ever seen. Yeah, it's a cheap night. Everyone was just buying us drinks all night. Yeah, to be fair, it lovely. I'm, I'm very jealous. I wasn't able to be part of it. I was still in a car home probably by the time you're already in a bar. Yeah, very entertaining. <laughs> um, I, I was right. We need to let you. We should. We were wrong to not let you have that sort of moment there because that that is one of the pinnacles of well anyone who was involved in that team uh, careers at that Notts Forest game. But obviously, as we said, it's it would be remiss of us to sort of not go from the highest to the lows because the next season was must have been just yeah. awful for you next season was a bit of a disaster really on yeah. a personal level and um, the team level well, we started the season we went to West Brom 1-2-1 didn't we mm-hmm. um, we beat Reading away 1-0 and then we had a football day we're going to get promoted here <laughs> well, it was ridiculous it was, it was like 10 points from the first two yeah. games I'm a promotion party yeah, at the end of the season and then <laughs> Everyone went tits up, didn't it, after that? I, I, I was just so irritated because the announcement of that um, you know the administration may well be happening and all of that seemed to come literally yeah. just as we were doing so well. And I, I, I just don't know, from your perspective, it must have just killed any belief that you had. Yeah, it did, to be fair. And I, That season, I think Parkinson wanted to bring his own players in. True, I didn't because me and him in the, the, in the staying up season, I think he, he, he didn't really play me. Towards the end, he was. I was in and out of the team, and I sat down with him. I think I said, um, I sat down with him at the start of that season. I said, "Do you really want me to be here? Because if you don't, then I'll, if I get a chance to leave, I'll leave." But he said, "No, I want you to be here." And then obviously, I was in and out of the team all season, so it was a bit of a disaster, really. I was going to say because what I always draw up to, because Parky, from my perspective, was always the kind of like measured talker, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then he comes out in the Bolton news and says things like, "Josh is only in the match day eighteen because yeah. he's an academy player." And I just yeah. thought, why on earth are you coming out and saying oh, yeah. that, things like that? So our relationship went a bit wary at the end. It was it wasn't the best relationship at the end because I remember one game we I think we already been relegated by. I think we got relegated this game against. I think we were playing Derby away anyway, and I, he wanted me to be on the bench, but I've not been on the bench for the previous three or four weeks so I said to him instead of putting me on the bench you might as well put a youngster on the bench and we had a bit of an argument things went back and forward 
yeah. then I left and then played Villa a week later. That's when we got relegated Villa at home, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And um, he put he put me on the bench that game for some reason. <laughs> then after that, I just, it, it just it didn't see me again after that. I didn't play. Oh God, it's such a shame because up until that point, I presume you guys sort of had a reasonable relationship, but it seemed like Parky almost was cutting his nose off to spite his face yeah. for quite a few players because it wasn't just you he did it with. He did it with Wiltshire, if, if I remember rightly. Yeah. You know, a load of others. Yeah, so we had a good relationship to at the start. We had, so the first two years, it was really good. And the second, it just went a bit pear-shaped, really. I've got nothing against him. He was a good guy and all that stuff. But yeah. from, from my point of view, I love the club. I love playing for the club. I play, I've worked my balls off 100% every game. Yeah. And there was players on loan there who was going back to the parent clubs and are they going to put as much effort as what I'm going to put into a game so that's what I that's my point of view anyway but he never he never had it and he just left me out I, th- I think he comes across as one of those sort of headstrong kind of people who w- wouldn't necessarily go back if he's yeah he's stubborn and he's, wrong. he's a stubborn guy and he's always, always thought he, he was right but that's not the case really, I don't think but, but it, it, like I say it's, it's good to have you on Josh so we can sort of hear your point of view because like I say it's just one of those gaps that we needed filling because we from a fan's perspective we never really saw why that was happening it didn't make yeah. a lot of sense to us mm. was it always in your mind to leave at that point As a, did you think it was sort of beyond repair um, I was out of contract in the season when I had if he yeah. was still the manager I don't know whether he was good, he would have offered me a new, I don't know whether the club was in a position to offer me a new deal anyway mm-hmm. but if they would have offered me a deal, obviously I would have considered it because obviously I love the club and mm-hmm. I'm from round, not far from Bolton. I've been there all my career. So from my point of view, I would I would stay at Bolton for the rest of my career if they, would, if they had the chance to. But that chance never come around, so obviously I have to move on. It's interesting that you'd say that because we had obviously Cluffy on and he said pretty much the exact same thing, that it was almost as though he felt forced out through no want of his own. He wanted to stay at the club for yeah. as, long as, as long as possible. Same with me. I would just stay. I, I would stay at Bolton for the rest of my career. But obviously that never happened. But obviously things happen, don't they? No, it's, it's a shame. And like I said, I'm, I hope that you know, everything sort of works out for you at Shrewsbury. And it seems as though you know it's a, it's a good move for you. How how how? What's it like being managed by Sam Ricketts, given that he used to play for him? Sorry, with him. Yeah, he's a he's a really good guy, Sam, and I've got a lot of respect for him as a player. He was a really good player. And obviously he ran me up and then said, do you fancy coming to Shrewsbury? And I said, yeah, why not? Because obviously I've worked with him. I know Ollie Norburn, so I thought it would be a good move for all parts, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, just sort of before we move on to the uh, to the Twitter questions, Josh, yeah. I think the, the only thing I would, would ask you is um, there seemed to be some kind of rumour mill when it was obvious that the Hibs move wasn't working out, that you might be coming back uh, to, to Bolton. Was there ever any interest that you were made aware of? Um, no, not from my, no, there was no interest from Bolton. Even though if they would have offered me, maybe I would have come back, but they never did, to be fair. No, fair enough. Like I said, the rumour mill around that time was throwing so many names out. It, it yeah. was mental. We, you had Cluffy, Medine, yourself. It was almost like yeah, yeah. Week, Weeks as well. I know Weeks actually did get a call. It's you know very strange. I had a few. I, think I, had a few I went to met Doncaster manager. He wanted me to sign me. Mm. And when I was signing on the day for Shrewsbury, Blackpool come in and said they wanted to sign me, but I already wanted to go. Well, I already agreed terms with Shrewsbury, so I couldn't let Sam down after that, so I went there. Uh, I think, to be honest, Josh, if you'd have gone to Doncaster, I think Bolton would have just signed you on the basis that you got to <laughs> oh, Doncaster. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they, they fell out, they fell out, they fell out. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been interesting, though. Blackpool, again, getting the band back together with uh, Spear and Medine and Mark Howard. I know, and yeah, Fiend as well, Christ. I mem- yeah, I know, yeah, I remember Spear and Ming saying, oh, David Dunn's asking about you, and then David Dunn rang me. I said, oh, we're going to try and get a deal across to you this afternoon. 
but it was like I've already agreed terms with Shrewsbury, so I'm going there. At least now you get to sort of test yourself against spearing in the league rather than be playing alongside him. I imagine that's a challenge that both of you would enjoy. Yeah, I look forward to that. I'll run rings around him in that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you say that to him. I'll yeah. Take <laughs> um, uh, basically, Josh, thank you very much for going uh, sort of going through your time at the club. It's been very, very interesting. Thank you. Thanks a lot for that. No I'll hand over to Will now for the uh, Twitter questions. And I apologise in advance if there's anything there that's a bit daft and you don't want to <laughs> <laughs> No worries. I was going to say, we'll try and filter out the silly stuff and uh, and not sort of repeat anything that we've already gone over. So, yeah. anyone listening, I apologise if, uh, if your question's already been answered. But, yeah, um, but yeah there's a couple, of, uh, a couple of ones that we haven't already gone through. Uh, I think I know the answer to this one in terms of who was your, who was your best teammate. I think it was Weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, big Weeks. Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, are you sad you never played with Nicky Hunt? <laughs> <laughs> in a team with Nicky Hunt? Yeah, I'm gutted that I didn't play with Nicky Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Club legend, everyone Club, knows. Yeah, everyone knows. Uh, yeah. yeah, we've already addressed the Liverpool one. Uh, would you have liked to stay at Bolton a little longer? I know you said you you'd spe- you would spend the rest of your career there, but yeah. do you feel like it was the right time to go in the end? I th- it probably was the right right time to change because obviously I've been there for so long, probably got my comfort zone a bit. Obviously that didn't work out good for me, but yeah. it's time for a change, obviously. The club, we always know financially what was going on with the club and stuff like that, but the deal never got offered to me, so it probably was time for a change, yeah. yeah I, I have to ask, was there any other options uh, besides uh, moving up to Scotland with Hibernian? Or... Well, Hull, Hull, wanted to, Hull wanted to sign me, but I was Nigel Adkins there, but he'd left. Mm. And then McCann come in and he wanted to sign me, but the deal went right or something, so I ended up turning that down. And then I'd offer, I'd offer offers, but mm-hmm. I just fancied a change and then... I was going to say it'd be interesting to experience what it was like. You know the the yeah. quality in Scotland and whatever. Did you pick up on that particularly quickly at all, or was it not really that evident? Uh, physical league, very physical. Yeah, and uh, oh, these good players up there as well. To be fair, it is a good league, but obviously there's only two teams up there who really. Yeah. Obviously Rangers, Celtic, and they run away with the league. But I was going to say, what what are those good ma- grudge matches like against the likes of Rangers and Celtic? Yeah, and like Ibrox and that and Celtic part. The atmospheres were like obviously very very good. Yeah. Obviously, they have good players, Rangers and Celtic. So, yeah, they were good experiences, to be fair. Good stuff. Uh, did you grow up a Bolton fan or were you supporting anyone else? I'm a Man United fan, aren't I, unfortunately. Oh, United. Yeah. What's wrong with you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. uh, you were saying, I think you were still living in the local area, but you said you were travelling in every day because someone was asking how you enjoying Shrewsbury to live in, but I don't think I don't. Think no, I, don't live, no I, um, I stay up, well, I live at home and then I stay up there just before games, so, right. so just in an hotel before a game. Good stuff. Uh, did you like the Viva Josh Vela song, classic, in my opinion, according to Andy Hall? Um, I don't remember that really being I don't remember it. I don't, I don't no. remember it. No. No, I'm not sure I can't believe we never had a chance here. Go, Will, get your singing voice out. Come on, mate. No, no chance. It was just Vela. It was just it was just Vela. Vela, one of that's all. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you said that you know you'd, you'd like to have spent the rest of your career there, and obviously, we have a knack of, of coming back in for former players. But I mean, if the opportunity arose to, to come back to to bowling at any point in you in, in the rest of your career, what would you would you perhaps take the take the chance or? Yeah, I'd jump at the chance to be fair to come back to Bolton. Good stuff. We love to hear it, and I think that pretty much concludes all the sensible ones that we've got. To be honest, and I think that's it's a good place to leave it. It's, it's a good commentary on Bolton fans, isn't it? That that's all the sensible ones that they could manage to muster. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think. 
Everything else we've either already answered or it's just not suitable, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Unbelievable. Um, I think from a personal perspective, the only other question, Josh, that I'd like to ask you is, do you have a message for the Bolton fans who have supported you up until this point in your career so far? Yeah, I just appreciate all the support that they've gave me all through my Bolton career. They've always been onside and always pushed me to my limit. So, and I hope the club gets back well it is back sorted at the minute innit? and hopefully they stay in League One and hopefully they push up again to go back to where they belong Yeah, being, hopefully we stay in League One alongside yourselves and we'll yeah, have a good battle when you come back next year yeah hopefully I'll come back to my run next season have a oh is it Uniball now innit? whatever it's called it's the Reebok Josh <laughs> the Reebok, yeah, it'll always be, always be the Reebok yeah. so just bear in mind if you score year. against us we'll never forgive you <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't celebrate anyway that's, that's good Brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Josh. That's been fantastic. Yeah, it's been... Um, yeah, like I say, it's just really, really good of you to sort of join us at this point. And, uh, you know, I know it's difficult times out there, but it's really good of you to give us your time. Yeah, no worries. My pleasure. Good. Good to hear. Anyway, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to episode 138 of the Line of Vienna Street podcast with special guest Josh Feather. As I said at the start, we've done a lot of really good uh, special guests in the last few weeks with Stu Holden, Ryder Jaidi, Adam LaFondra, David Wheater and Zach Clough. And hopefully next week we'll have a couple more for you as well. Uh, Josh, we do a signature sign-off, which maybe if you've listened to the podcast, you'll know about already, and especially you will do after I come to the other two to go through it. But if there's nothing less to say, it's time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Will. Goodbye, Will. Say goodbye, James. I'm James Jarvis, and I love Bolton Wanderers. To be honest, Josh, it's already been ruined, so it's up to you. Say goodbye, Josh. <laughs> Bye, Josh. Brilliant. And it's a goodbye from me, Salavi. <laughs>